Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips Tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Campionato di calcio italiano. There's the red light and there's the shocked face and there's the professional. Um, hello, hello, and welcome to the latest Forza Italian Football Podcast, take two. I am your host, Connor Clancy, returning again. Also returning again for a second consecutive week. Dos Giovanni, is that you? <laughs> it is, it is. Um, I like how you put your national team shirt on. I'm going to mention it so you don't. Um, <laughs> so everybody knows where you're from. I, I'm from Ireland. It's just I'm a, not. Look. You're also sitting there in your national team shirt. Yeah, yeah, no, it's and hot, I think man. we both have the same reason. It's very hot <laughs> in North Italy at the moment, especially when there isn't a sea for 200 kilometers. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not the nicest. It really it's not isn't. the nicest. Two in the morning is a, what is it, about 28, 29 degrees? It's not pleasant. Uh, uh, it's, uh, so, well, it's only 25 for me, so it's all right. Well, ish just now, but yeah, it's better than 34 degrees in the baking midday sun. That is disgusting. Yeah, I mean, it's not pleasant, is it? especially when the humidity is so high. And this, yeah, I'm sure people don't want to listen to us moan about living in Italy, though. To be honest with you, that's, that's rubbish, mate. Here. Italy's crap. I don't know what people see in this place, honestly. Terrible. There's, there's no say. There's no football. I was saying that the guy yeah, on the bus when I was coming back home from Genoa the other day was like, "Why do you live here?" Because he really? he thinks he well, he was Italian and he was telling me how Italy's crap and that I'm stupid to live here. I get so maybe, maybe, it was on, maybe it was on it something. Who knows? Yeah, but then when you ask them, have they ever been to your home country? They say no. And they, like, well, they, <laughs> there, you go, go. there you go. Um, yeah. Vito Doria is from a nice country, Australia. Vito, hello. Hi, Connor. Yeah, good to oh. be on the pod again. Yeah, I'm sorry for Dove not letting me introduce you for a good minute and a half there, but thanks for sitting patiently. <laughs> That's all good. Don't, have, um, hold on, don't blame me for this. This is your fault. <laughs> Never my fault. I'm the yeah. host. Nothing is ever my fault. I can always just pin the blame on either of you two and get away with it. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, right. Let's not start on such a confrontational note, though. Right? I know you love it, but let's behave ourselves for a couple of hours. Um, we were at a few games this weekend. I was at one. You were at two. Vieri was at one. Alistair was at one. And the big games, too. Especially mine. Um, <laughs> but let's, let's start with yours. 
because last season's top two went head to head in Turin. Um, Juventus went three 0 up, then Napoli scored four goals, but Napoli lost four three. What happened? I think it was the delict switched off for fifteen minutes, possibly. Like two goals were his fault. Um, it was just uh, it was a bit of kind of a freak period, really, because Juventus were the best team for an hour. Um, Napoli had really nothing uh, against them at all. Um, Ancelotti said so in his press conference after the game. He's like, Juventus deserved to win. And they said, when I say deserved, I mean that they dominated for an hour and we had no answer to them whatsoever. Um, obviously, it was kind of unlucky, uh, Koulibaly's goal at the end. But I think you, you, you would say that Juventus deserved to win it if you were kind of looking on, on a, a balanced standpoint of who was good and who wasn't. Um, but I just think it's... Uh, the, the the new Sarri's new Juve. Um, I think people kind of half expected when they went when they went two 0 up that it was going to be an Allegri Juve of right. It's two 0 up. That's a game over. And then when the third goal went in, I thought right, no chance now. And I think for for me there were two say turning points or two things. One was Lozano coming on at half time, so I thought he had. Uh, a good impact in terms of, in terms of Napoli's attack is a, a lot more direct and it, he kind of gave Delict a bit of a torrid time and Kadira going off for Juve because I thought he was brilliant um, up there with the candidates for man of the match as well um, I and think I thought, he got into our team of the week actually Kadira. I, I was blown away by him um, yeah and Vieri got some stick for that as well because people were like what about Douglas Costa and like, Douglas Costa got a couple of assists fair enough but I think Kadira kind of controlled that game I think there's a one point where he that well, wasn't him it was Di Chilio, I think who outdid um, Gulam for pace down the wing I was I'm just like wow Gulam is done if you're getting done for pace by Di Chilio. <laughs> literally it was like I was like an old school kind of tap it past them and run and I was like wow Gulam is not the player he was before he was injured. No, uh, he's really not, is he? And there are times when it is exposed and you think it will harm yeah, Napoli the, Mario Ruiz. The, the one thing I will say about the game, though, is when Koulibaly's goal went in, I think about four or five of the Napoli players just collapsed on the park because obviously like, uh, they'd come back from three goals down or whatever. But I think that's, that's, that's a result that can affect a team for a season. Um, to to get it back to three three and then still lose mm. in the last minute with an own goal from arguably your best player and you just say what what do you need to do and I think that's probably it's, obviously it's two rounds in but that's killed Napoli's any any chance they had of challenging Juve that's killed it yeah if there was going to be a title race you think it could be important but there's not going to be a title race so it's not really going to matter all that much I suppose Vito what did you make of this because Dov kind of touched on it. If Massimiliano Allegri was still in charge of Juventus, they wouldn't have blown that three-goal lead. I know you like your attacking football, but time and a place. Mm. Yeah, that's true. There's one thing, well, two things you've got to look at. One, how a neutral or, or spectator would see the sport. And then, of course, there's the perspective of the coaches. Ideally, from the fans' perspective, this was great. You had drama, you had the seven goals... Um, both teams uh, went at it with the right mentality to just go for the win and score as much as they can. From a coach, though, you would be frustrated with the lack of good defending. And in the Allegri era, 
you would definitely think that two or three goals would do it and they would certainly shut shop. When I look at Napoli's goals, though, it was definitely down to bad defending and it's easily to attribute that to Sarri ball, but I think also the inexperience of De Ligt specifically in playing in Italian football and the more tactical nature in comparison to Dutch football, I think it might take them a bit more time to adapt to how Italian sides defend and what Italian coaches look at in, in a defender. So I think that might have uh, a part to do with it. Another thing to keep in mind is that two of the goals came from set pieces. So I think that's something Sarri needs to work on before the club, the teams return from the international break because a top team like you always shouldn't be copying goals from set pieces. And when it's against Napoli, who is one of the stronger sides in Serie A, uh, that is a concern. I think as well, Vito, like Delict got a lot of stick um, after the game. I was more so on social media than anything else um, because like two of the goals were essentially like his fault completely. Um, and, and people kind of complaining about the, the money he's on, the money cost. And it's just like, it's, that's his first game, his first full start. Uh, and like you say, a brand new league. Uh, with uh, with probably the the defensive partner is not going to have most of the time. It, pro- it probably would have played with Chiellini more often than not. So you've kind of he, he's learning everything's brand new for him. So I think people are starting to say he's, he's rubbish and all what he's overrated and all that. I think is a bit um, disingenuous, but just because he made a couple of mistakes before that for an hour, it was fantastic. Yeah, I think it's it's quite clear that he has some work to do, which I don't think anyone will be surprised by, right? He's coming to a new league, he's still a kid, and he's playing with Benucci, not Chiellini. So there, there's still a lot of work to be done there for Delict, but he he showed last year the talent he has. He's going to be able to make that step. It's just maybe going to take him a little bit longer than a lot of people expected it to. Um, Gonzalo Higuain, oh, he, he played and he scored, and he looked like... He's not taken the last year off. He was very, very good. He rolled back the year's color of Clancy. I couldn't believe it when he scored his goal. I was like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, he, he, I thought, you know, again, he, I think it's been, for me, it was him and Kadira who were man of the match candidates. I think Higuain got it because he scored. Kadira well, should have had a goal um, and hit At the bar. One. Yeah. Um, but Higuain, I, I think there's well something that's very positive is the 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 partnership with Higuain and Cristiano Ronaldo because there were times in that game where Juventus were essentially playing a four four two, and you have Ronaldo and Higuain as the as the the front pair, and uh, they looked like they were quite happy to play together. There wasn't any moaning from Gonzalo, which is a miracle in itself. Um, he was working for the teams, obviously Ronaldo was as well. So it was. It was very different than than the Higuain that we have kind of become used to over the last couple of years, where all he did was moan his head off and was just a pain in the backside for everybody. And it looked like a change. It looked literally looked like the Gonzalo Higuain that scored what was it 34 goals for Napoli. That was the Higuain that he looked like. Um, and I think he'll be Juventus's starting striker for the season. Yeah, well, that season where he scored 36, I thought that he, he often got quite lead quite harshly criticised and it's easy to say that Higuain does nothing other than score but when he was at Napoli he did work he did drop back he did fight at Juve maybe a little bit less so because he had Matsukic to do all of that for him Mm. but if he needs to do it I think he can do it whether or not he can still do that now three years later who knows but it remains to be seen that 
partnership that he's got with Cristiano Ronaldo is it looks like it's really developing because it was on show here in Parma as well and Ronaldo was really poor last week but there was still something there between the two of them mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty sure Higuain went off after about an hour or something last week so he didn't get to see it for the full 90 but can you, can you remember did Higuain play with Ronaldo at Real Madrid yeah they did yeah yeah, um, so m- m- maybe them. maybe that's what it is. There were kindred spirits for <laughs> their time at Real Madrid, Possibly. and then they're finally back together. Possibly. Um, speaking of Cristiano Ronaldo, he did a funny. I have a lot of time for his celebration because he scored his goal to make it three 0 and he ran over, and the fans were all like building in anticipation for his big jump, and he gave them a little smirk and drew the VAR signal, and then said, "Like everyone, calm, everyone, calm." Do you think that's because because he went and did it in front of the Napoli fans? Did he not? Was uh, that it was him? Yeah, I yeah, think it was him. He ran over that way, but he looked very clear. He didn't look at them, um, mm. but it was quite clearly because last week in Parma he did his big celebration and everyone shouted the sue, and then it was cancelled, and it was mm. quite embarrassing for him. But <laughs> was he having the bants, Connor Clancy? Did you like the bants? I, I I really had a lot of time for it because obviously it's funny to laugh at Cristiano sometimes, but I was very much laughing with him this week. It was. Yeah, I like that a lot. So, top work, Cristiano. Forget the goal. <laughs> I like what you did there. Um, but let's speak about Napoli for a little bit because two of their new boys, actually three of their new boys, scored. Um, and, Vito, there are some promising signs there despite the heartbreak of the late defeat. They do have some potential in that squad, but uh, obviously they need to try and take that next step. Uh, that being said, I think the additions are pretty good. They'll they'll make a difference further on. And uh, specifically, Lozano. Uh, I must admit, I haven't watched too much of him play, but he's a quick little customer. Uh, I think uh, he'll add another dimension to Napoli's play, and I think with his speed, he can unsettle a few defences. While Di Lorenzo, he got the equaliser for 3 all, and... I was impressed with him at Empoli, mostly for his attacking play, of course, but I do think he gives more in the offensive phase than what Hussai uh, has given them in the last couple of years. It's quite strange with Napoli's two fullbacks, isn't it? Because Hussai and Gulam, as you've mentioned, Dov, they've both just deteriorated so, so quickly and so dramatically. And well, it's really it's... detrimental to that team. Well, it's kind of like for two different reasons. Um, Gulam hasn't um, recovered from the, in- the knee injury that he had. Um, and Mario Rui is just not very good. So you've kind of got problems there. Um, and then Di Lorenzo, yeah, he, 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 the first half he wasn't that good. But obviously in the, in the second, kind of with the whole Napoli team, got a lot better. And Hussai doesn't want to be there. So you've kind of got... Kind of different issues on both sides. Um, I, I think what should be Napoli's biggest strength is through this through the middle with Manolas and Koulibaly in the centre. That that literally should be rock solid. And it's conceded what seven goals in two games. Like that's that that's that that you're talking Sampdoria levels of crap with that pairing. And, that, and it shouldn't be that. And the thing is as well, like they, they look they don't even look solid. They, they look like you could kind of just almost walk through them at, at times. They look all over the shop. And I think that's something that I would expect them to, to kind of have sorted out already. 
And because Manolas has played in Serie A for a good number of years, obviously Koulibaly's been in that team for a good number of years as well. They're not 20 years old. They're kind of almost in the peak of their career, starting that peak period. So I would expect them to be a lot more solid or look a lot more solid in what they do. And I think that's what would worry me um, for with Angelotti. And the fact that Manolas has been at Napoli for a while now. He wasn't a late signing this summer. So they, they've had the time to gel. So, and especially with Alan and Zielinski in front of them, it's not like they're being left completely exposed. It just feels like it's not quite clicked into gear yet at Napoli this season. Um, but they're still providing entertainment. So as a neutral, they're quite fun to watch. And they'll definitely be giving us plenty to talk about this season one way or another. Mm. Um, right. Where should we go next? What we're going to do now is, for everyone who's listening to the audio version, you're going to hear us talking about the Derby della Capitale in Rome, where Lazio and Roma drew one each. And we had Alistair McKenzie there, so I'm going to disappear and speak to him. Alistair McKenzie in Rome is joining us on the line now. Alistair, thank you very much for taking the time out of your evening to speak to us. You were at the Stadio Olimpico, as ever, at the weekend for the Derby della Capitale. It's quite early in the season for it, but... What were your thoughts on the game overall here? Lazio will probably feel like this was a case of two points dropped for them. Hey, Connor. Um, Lazio's response to the result has certainly been to regard it as being points dropped. There was certain bitterness from Inzaghi after the game in the press conference, and that's really been replicated by what the players have said in their reaction on social media after the game as well. Pretty angry not to get the three points, considering... Well, the domination they had for the majority of the match, um, chances they created, finished up with 21 shots um, on goal, 13 on target, hit the post four times, uh, Paulo Lopez made six saves, so for all of that to result in one goal was a big disappointment for them, and um, yeah, a real missed opportunity in terms of being able to sit on top of the table with the other teams who've managed to get six points so far. Yeah, well, it's the first derby in charge for new Roma boss Paolo fans. Fonseca, how do you think he will have seen this game? What aspect of Roma's play will have pleased you, will have pleased him the most, given that they seem to be dominated and they conceded so many chances? Funnily enough, Fonseca claimed that the uh, defensive side of the game was what impressed him <laughs> most from, from that performance. And his, his team was left very open. Both teams were very open, particularly in the first half. But even so, they did manage to uh, reduce Lazio's scoring just the one goal. That was also down to Lazio's poor finishing, it has to be said. But in comparison to the week before, where against Genoa, they threw away the lead three times um, and conceded three goals to an inferior team in terms of an attacking, uh, the attacking abilities of that side, I think he was quite happy to get away with it. I mean, he said, and he's reiterated time and again, really, that it is a process that's going to take longer for his team to understand what he's asking for them, for the, the new system to be put into place. They still seem quite far off that. And I think, to be honest, from what he was saying after the game, that he was just quite relieved to come away without a defeat. Yeah, well, they conceded just once and there were just two goals in the game. But really, there could have been... Maybe eight. I think the woodwork was hit six times altogether and Lazio had the majority of those. It was absolutely crazy in that opening half an hour with the post being hit five times and then obviously Marco Parolo adding to that right at the end by hitting the crossbar, um, which is a record since Opta started taking stats. Anyway, that's never happened in a Serie A match before that it's been hit six times. 
In terms of the finishing, I think Lazio's finishing was very poor, but actually of all the four times they hit the post, only one of them, I'd say, Ciro Mobile's chance was the only one that you could really say required better finishing, more composure in front of the goal. All five of the other efforts, as far as I can remember, were essentially kind of more speculative efforts from range, which were very unlucky, really, to, to be denied. Um, but finishing on uh, particularly on Lazio's side wasn't up to scratch. That wasn't necessarily just with these efforts that came back off the post. Paulo Lopez made some very good saves for Roma as well, and, and that was ultimately what cost Lazio. Yeah, I, I did think that. Chiro Mobile chance was huge. It was a big, big miss at the time as well. But on a personal note, I'm quite interested to see how Gianluca Mancini gets on at Roma, considering his former club and he's changing into a different system there. Not the easiest way to come into a team, especially a team in transition for a, a derby as big as this. How did he get on? It wasn't exactly the easiest debut for Mancini. Um, he has to be said, wasn't given an awful lot of protection by the Roma midfield. Cristante and Pellegrini in front of them didn't really shield the midfield much in the first half in, in particular, and, and then they were under pressure a lot in the second half as well. Um, him and Fazio really struggled, has to be said, with, with Correa and Immobile, and the movement they offered and the support they were receiving from midfield throughout the game. Um, but Mancini himself can't say was personally responsible for much of that. It just wasn't a particularly uh, structured defensive performance from Roma all in all. But it uh, has to be said as well that you know he's not only a young guy in a new signing adapting to a new team, but he was also playing in a totally different system under Gasparini, as you well know, at Atalanta last season. And has to be remembered that he's coming into a back four, having played in a back three. So he will need time as well as Roma will to adapt to their new system. Yeah, for sure. Alistair, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us this evening and hopefully we'll have you back on the pod again very, very soon. And if you're just watching on YouTube, go over to Spotify, <laughs> Acast, iTunes, wherever you like to get your podcasts and go and download the fourth Italian Football Podcast because you're not going to get everything on YouTube this year. We're not spoon-feeding spoon feeding you as spoon much feeding. as we Yeah, I, I can't even speak. It's late. <laughs> Vito, it's do you want spoon-footed? I'm tired. I'm happy oh. it's the international break. Oh, here we go. Buy a violent out for Cora Clancy, everybody. Um, right. He's had to now, work for two weeks. Can, can, you, can you quieten down for a minute, please? Because oh, we're going to go to Sardinia, where your your team, Inter, Dov, um, they, they beat Cagliari 2-1. It didn't, it didn't always look like it was going to come. There were some unsavory incidents as we always seem to get in Cagliari this time but uh, to be honest I'm not bothered talking about them because we've spoken about them enough last season that I think we'll give it a miss this week well what, but, you should, what you should say is it's the same thing that happens every year and nothing gets done about it and the most ironic thing which I, I find I actually find it hilarious is you know how Serie A is having their anti-piracy campaign yeah. right now and yeah. then when everybody on social media was pointing out all these racist chants, they blocked the video. Yeah. Like, well, how, how stupid can you be? It's unbelievable. Like, like seriously, obviously they, they put out their, their usual, yeah, we are against racism things, but nothing will happen. You know nothing will happen. I know nothing will happen. Vito knows nothing will happen. And everybody listening to this knows nothing will happen because nothing ever happens. And that's this it. End of story. 
Right, we should say, I'm not, it doesn't take much imagination. Cagliari fans did monkey noises at Romelu Lukaku before he took a penalty. He scored the penalty and the monkey noises amplified. Lovely people. But I, I was I was happy he scored that penalty, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, what can you do? Uh, Adam Digby actually put up a video and it took Serie A an hour and 22 minutes to have the video deleted. So... Priority. See, the, see the, the thing is as well, like if you keep putting up the videos, because what, what would be the obvious thing to do would be to keep re-uploading the videos, but then eventually you're you're going to get your social media accounts taken away through excessive copyright strikes. So it's just, like literally, like obviously you want to kind of draw attention to it, and I think it was drawn attention to, but it's just literally for nothing. Attention was drawn to it when Ken was abused last year as well. Nothing happened. But Cagliari's statement was, did you see this? It was embarrassing. You're going to tell us what it was, aren't you? Because uh, well, Cagliari what... basically went on to say they strongly condemn any racist abuse and they will work with the relevant authorities to find who did it. And then they said, oh, but for the most part, um, Cagliari and Inter fans actually sat in the oh, same yeah. stand and had yeah. fun together watching this game. Oh, I think I think this might be a a poor way of saying it was only a small minority. Yeah, they tried. (laughs) They just didn't do it in the 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 best way. They didn't express themselves in the best way. And the English version um, was Google translated. It looked like oh, absolutely. Yeah, the English version was horrendous. (laughs) But ah, I don't know. It's look, we've spoken about this enough times. Everyone knows what's happening. Everyone knows nothing's going to happen about it. So. I'll just move on and moan about it again in two weeks when someone else is the victim of it. But um, big Romelu Lukaku, Dov, he got another goal and he's off to a flyer. He is. He's all right, yeah. He's a good player. Better than Icardi. <laughs> Sorry, steady. Better, better, better than Icardi. Um, Nicer I, than Icardi. Well, yeah, that's right, right. anyway. Um <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to kind of hand over to Vito on this and see if he agrees with me that um, the the Antonio Conte way, because everybody talks about how Saribo is amazing and all this and that's entertaining and all that rubbish. Um, the, the Conte ball of just grinding teams down until they give up and you eventually win is a, a good thing for Inter. I reckon it suits the players that he has at his disposal and what they've purchased throughout the summer is ideal for the way Conte sets up his teams. Uh, Conte's style might not be the most pleasing on the own, like, say, Saribo, but it is effective. And his teams do have an attacking attempt, but his football is based on work ethic and organisation. So the way he plays, is it's a bit different to what Italian teams are used to, but... What you'll get from an Antonio Conte side is that they'll, you know, use that cliched 110% or anything like that. They will work harder than usual and really drain the energy out of the opposition. And that's what this Inter team will be set out to do. And I think they've got a clearer and more coherent plan than what they did under Luciano Spalletti. I think the problem is now that they've lost Icardi, they've lost their heart, their soul... The former captain, one does not there anymore. It's going to be sad. <laughs> what we're going to talk about? They must just free everybody else, though. Like the rest of those players must be quite happy to see the back of them. I think. So. I think everybody is. I think the club is, especially because it looked like 
was it earlier on what, like last week <laughs> it had a meeting and it basically decided nah I'm staying and you're getting sued and I want 1.5 million euros and I want to be back in the team thank you very much I was like, who, like honestly who does this guy think he is yeah. he's clearly an idiot like, I don't know if, who's the bigger idiot her or him because yeah. um, there was even the talk that there was the talk that she was trying to persuade him to leave and he was like no no I want to stay I want to stay this is I was like what like what on earth I don't, I don't, honestly, just what on earth is he thinking about? So I think um, when that went through today, I think everybody in Inter is just relieved yeah. that he's gone um, and they, they don't need to speak. This will, this will be the last time we'll ever be mentioned on this podcast. No, it ever. won't. I love his Instagram. I'll be keeping tabs, don't oh, worry. Um, but I was, I was quite sad when he left, on a personal note, because... We get a little bit of content out of Mario Cardi, and he's interesting. But then I thought, where's he gone? Oh, he's going to be playing alongside Neymar, Edinson Cavani, and Kylian Mbappe. He'll find a way to fight with people there. So that'll be well, funny. Did you not see? I think it was, I, I, I can't remember exactly what this was, but I think it was a picture of Maxi Lopez and Neymar yeah. together. <laughs> I was just like, oh, Too Christ. He's not, he's not even there yet. It's like but, they're together. Team Maxi, by the way. Hashtag Team Maxi. 100%. Maxi Lopez trolled hey, It was five hours before the move went through. Maxi Lopez was posting a picture with his pal. I think he said, my brother Neymar. I love that. Neymar's Team Maxi. Honestly, it's going to be... It's, Paris Saint-Germain's going to be fun. Yeah. The league you know can have some though. fun with that. Icardi goes there, winds everybody up. They don't exercise the purchase option and this time next year he ends up back at Inter going through the same thing because he extended his contract by a year he did he did yeah <laughs> I love that club and I love him and I love Wanda just together separately I'm not too fond of any of them but put them all in one big melting pot and it's it's fascinating I love it um Lautaro Martinez he also scored Vito he's up and running he's gonna have a flying season I think this will be his true breakthrough year this time. The, the two-man attack probably suits him more than playing as a lone striker. And he was probably a bit unlucky not to score a couple of times against Lecce last week. He probably would have had an, a hat-trick or even a poke, as they say in Italy, if he converted his chances. But finally, he took one against the, the Sardinians. And, yeah, again, hopefully for Winter's sake, he can maintain that form because... With the arrival of Alexis Sanchez, Martinez will have to do what he can to maintain his spot in the starting eleven. Are you going to talk about the transfer market now, Conor Clancy, or are we doing that later? Uh, I was going to just do a quick roundup of it later on. All right, we do, you can do your quick roundup, but one thing I will say is Inter smashed this transfer window out of the park. They just destroyed it. They went transfer window. Thank you very much. We'll see you later. Yeah, that's they've awesome. done very, very well this summer. Um, but they'll still just finish second and do nothing in Europe. Um, right, the other half of Milan. Milan beat Brescia 1-0. Dov, were you there for this one? I wasn't. Vieri Capretta was there. So he was. So we're not going to speak about this game. We're going <laughs> we're gonna to listen to me speak to Vieri Capretta about this game. I gave him a call earlier. And here's what he had to say. I am now joined on the line by Vieri Capretta, who was at the San Siro for AC Milan's 1-0 win over Brescia. Uh, Vieri, thanks for joining us as always. One player that really stood out for me was Ismail Benacer. 
he looks like he could be the player that Milan have been calling out for for so, so long. Don't even get me started on uh, Ismail Benacer. I absolutely loved him uh, from the stands at the San Siro on Saturday. Honestly, not many teams can have a regista who is that mobile, that good. We saw him at the uh, African Cup of Nations. We saw him last year at Empoli. And he's just proving, once again, his worth. Obviously, I mean, it's early days to judge him if he really fits in a, in a proper AC Milan side. Perhaps he's not top, top level, but he's good enough, definitely, to make a difference in this AC Milan side. Always made the right decision. And honestly, Brescia had had a very good game against Cagliari. And I think Milan weren't amazing, but they got the job done. And it's because the main difference between AC Milan on Saturday against Brescia and the previous week against Udinese was having Benacer in the middle. Yeah, well, one of the things that we've spoken to Dov Schiavone, obviously, who's been at Inter this season already, and he's spoken about the atmosphere at San Siro, and he says it's it's the best he's ever seen it, basically. Milan signings haven't been quite as inspiring this year, especially compared to recent seasons. What's the atmosphere like around the Rossoneri at the moment? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Personally, I wouldn't really compare them because obviously, think about it. The atmosphere around Inter is the most positive in the entire league, probably. Even more than Juventus and Napoli at the moment. Because the change has been positive, they managed to do the Mercato they wanted to do. Milan is the exact opposite. The summer has been very, very difficult. They struggle to get in the names they wanted. Uh, they don't have the same amount of money, the same amount of appeal. Obviously, they're not in Europe at the moment. They're just in a different stage of uh, rebuilding. But of course, the main thing is getting in those victories, those results, get the fans behind you. And I think what we saw on Saturday compared to what we saw only seven days earlier in Udine, um, you know, can really make a difference for uh, the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking about their transfer business, someone that a lot of people expected to move on this season was Suzo. He's, he's still there. He's, he's still there. Um, should they have just bitten the bullet and moved him on? Because they've struggled to create chances so far this season, and he is the guy that's basically responsible for doing that. 
Yeah, they have been struggling, that's for sure. But don't forget, they also hardly conceded uh, at all against the Brescia. They, you know, they dominated in the sense of controlling the game for large chunks of the match. Towards the end, they gave Brescia a bit more space, but so did the Rondinelle. And Milan did create chances to make it 2-0. Obviously, Paqueta hitting the post, Piontek. Those two will be crucial, I think, once they get more uh, adapted to Giampaolo's system, more useful. They will be players who will be starting regularly and they can make a difference up front. Don't forget, it's still a bit of, uh, of work in progress. Andres Silva was tried essentially on the wing. He did work a bit more with his teammates compared to Piontek the previous week. But I think... Whereas the defence is starting to look all right, uh, the midfield with Benacer is a lot more solid. I think up front, Giampaolo still needs to work on not just creating the chances, uh, but also creating a number of chances that make sense in terms of how much ball possession uh, AC Milan have compared to the opponent. They had 63% on the weekend, uh, dominant for large chunks of, of the game, and barely created the... Uh, many chances until the, the last 10-15 minutes so in terms of that it, it, they need to find a balance I think defensively against Brescia it worked uh, in attack they'll need some time regarding Suzo he was one of the main men on the weekend when he works I think AC Milan in the past couple of years have been very dependent on him I'm not his biggest fan don't get me wrong but for the quality he does have compared to his teammates he will still be very useful all right, Vieri, that's great. Thank you very much, and we'll speak to you again soon. All right, that's what Vieri Capretta thought of the game at San Siro. I'm quite jealous that I wasn't there. But what's next up? Dub, where were you? Genoa Fiorentina. Um, Fiorentina oh, yes. haven't won. They haven't picked up a point yet. But they've played Genoa, and they've, they've not got a point. I thought they were supposed to be good this year, though. Uh, You've seen they, them play twice. Yeah, I've seen them both games. I mean... I think last week I was raving about them because they looked a lot better. They looked like there's belief in the team. There are a lot of youngsters there. Kind of the atmosphere, similar to Inter, the atmosphere around the club has changed. But oh Christ, against Genoa, they were hopeless. I think uh, I think they had like like Boateng had a shot in the first couple of minutes. They went just wide, and after that, they really didn't do anything until the last um, 15 minutes when they scored the penalty, and that was that was about it. It was uh, those two teams. Like I think I mentioned this um, during the game. Those two teams essentially avoided relegation like by the skin of their teeth last year, the two of them. Um, and Genoa look a lot better. They look like they've improved a lot. And even then, they didn't have about maybe three three starters that will play in that team as well. Um, and obviously they got the, the the draw away at Roma the week before. And for me, they were the much better team. Um, Christian Kouame, I know yes. that I spoke about him last week. Christ almighty, he is good. Um, <laughs> he is brilliant. And he is going to be brilliant. one moment in particular. There's that a, goal. Yeah. It's fantastic. The ball's come about 70 yards and dropped out of the air and he's and just, just killed went, it. Yeah, exactly. Just like literally where he wanted to go. And he's... Like I, I, I was speaking to Alistair about this, about this before the game, and he wasn't conv- he's not convinced about me. He think he needs to add goals. So obviously, he got a lovely uh, tweet after that going in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would, I think, you maybe have expected him last season when he was kind of running towards a goal to pass it or fall over or something like that. But no, he just rifled it in. 
uh, bottom corner. Absolutely brilliant goal. Yeah, um, it was a very confident finish as well. Yeah, really he's kind of leading that line with uh, with with Pinamonte as well, who looked good. And the fullbacks, uh, Barreca's one and Grioni on the other side. Again, the two of them looked really good as well. Um, and Shona adding steel to the midfield. Um, I think to wind Vito up, just because everybody <laughs> likes it when I wind people up. Um, Genoa are going to finish above Sampdoria, and I reckon they could be the uh, the surprises this season. Um, Zapata scored with, uh, <laughs> and, and he's got Christian Ro- like Christian Zapata, who was crap at Milan, decided to be a defender again, um, and Christian Romero, who's obviously going to be on his way to Juve. Like the two of them, you've got them at the back. It's, it's they've got everything. And Crisito as well. They've got a solid defense, good young goalkeeper, decent full backs, and then two young hungry strikers and and solid midfielder. I think they'll they'll do really well. I really, I'm like, impressed. Very. Impressed. I really like Crisito slotting in as a, a left sided of a three now. Mm. Obviously, he was more of an attacking player on the left wing back in his youth, and even last season when he first came, I was. I don't know how many times I was in Genoa for the first couple of months of the season, but it seemed to be mm. every other week. And he was always just bombing up and down the wing. And you could see by the end of the game, it had taken its toll on him. So it's nice to see that he's kind of just slotting in there so seamlessly. He's a player that I quite like, um, especially in his older years now that he's got that experience behind him. But... Yeah, I was trying. I didn't do it because I'm lazy, but I was going to. I was going to have a look and see. Um... What the average ages of the Genoa team when you take away like like essentially the spine and the, the, most of them um, are in their early twenties as well. Like there's not there there's only like maybe two or three of the actual starters who are into their thirties, and I think that's good for the club as well because they've been kind of floundering around for a good wee while now, and it seems like under Andrea Zoli they've kind of got a bit more of a, a direction. Um, and I think, yeah, like I say, they're going to be the surprise this season. Yeah, it's probably just Zapata, Crescito and Radovanovic that are in their 30s out of that starting 11, right? But then they do have Goran Pandev, who brings the average age of the squad up by about 72 <laughs> years. So yes. there's that, isn't there? This is true. This is true. There is yeah. always that, but... Yeah, Genoa could be one to watch this year, Dov. I think you might be onto something there. Fiorentina won't be, though. Fiorentina are rubbish. Oh. Where are they going to finish this year? Go on, give well, us a number. Well, Vieri, Vieri in his preview said that if they get 10th or above, it'll be a miracle. And kind of seeing how bad they are at the back, I think that's that's um, possibly correct. Um, it seems like they've signed names rather than ability in terms of Ribery and Boating. They didn't do too much when they were on the park. Apart, like I think, I think both of them had one decent shot each, and that was about it. Um, so um, uh, uh, that that club's got a lot of work to do. Um, they brought in another striker on deadline day because that's the area of the squad they really need to address, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's, it's, they don't create enough. I mean, they've got Chiesa there, and they've got Sotil. He's twenty years old. Um, Boateng thinks he's a striker, but he's not really, and it doesn't really work. I think there was one point I was watching him, and he was like. He was shouting for the ball, and then somebody passed it to him, and he just kind of like went maybe a yard away from where he wanted it, and he just went and just started flopping. I was like, "What? Like you shouldn't be doing that. You're not there to do that." Um, But yeah, I'm honestly like this week I was not impressed. 
the heart that they showed last week kind of disappeared. Um, although, like, Mr. Rocco, Rocco was there at the Ferraris. He was loving it. Um, went up to the fans and stuff. It was sad, just a wee bit down for me as well. Um, and it got in my way when I was trying to leave the stadium. That was annoying. I had to say, excuse me. I said that, <laughs> obviously. And then some women got in my way. What was annoying because he's just standing there like waving and he was what, what was he doing? He was just like, oh no, what can we do? Like, sorry. And I'm like, yeah, get out of the way. Go, go and do something else. You, you could buy the right players. Yeah, go and buy, go and buy something. The they've got, they've, they've got Dalbert. I'll be fine. I've got Dalbert. Oh, oh yeah, problem solved. Sorted. Um, yeah. To mm. the other side of that city, not Florence, I mean Genova, Sampdoria. Were you, well, were you there, Cora Clancy? Uh, I was there. I was in I was in Reggio Emilia for this. Your favorite place? Um, <laughs> it's absolutely not my favorite place. Probably the worst place I've been to in this fine country. But that's that's for another podcast. Um, Sampdoria guys, they are horrid. I mean, when they have the ball, they're okay. And I I don't mean they're terrible. They're not good. They're okay. But as soon as they lose possession. You just expect the other team to score. Jason Murillo and Omar Colley. I said it last week. I said it before the season. Jason Murillo and Omar Colley cannot play together for a season for a team that doesn't want to get relegated. I mean, they're horrid. Murillo summed up his entire career with Sassuolo's opener because Chicha Caputo got the ball. Well, he didn't even have the ball. It was kind of a, a 60-40 in favour of Caputo inside Sassuolo's own half out on the touchline. And what does Murillo do? Anything a, a good centre-half would do, right? Just just dive in. Just completely dived in. Caputo skinned them, and then Sassuolo broke. I think it was like four on three. Obviously, they scored from that. And every time the ball went near the box, it was just chaos. Samp don't know what they're doing. They've no one to take control. And it's going to be a long season for the Blucciacchiati veto you could do it someone like Edgar Barreto protecting that defence right now. I think at the moment he might have to be brought in and I think he might be better suited to Di Francesco's uh, uh, ideas. But uh, I think after the international break, Di Francesco has to scrap the 4-3-3 because he simply does not have the squad to play that formation. And at Sassuolo and Roma, when the 4-3-3 formation didn't work, he would change to 3-5-2 and he'd sort out the defence because, as you mentioned, Mario and Colli are horrible defenders. So if they put Alex Ferrari to help them in the back three and Barreto to join them in the midfield, and he'll drop back because that's his main point, to help win back the ball... Uh, that might improve things, but with the signings Sump have made this uh, summer, I think it's going to be a very tough six months unless Gianluca Vialli and York Capital Management are able to complete a deal to buy the club off Massimo Ferrero. Under Ferrero, it does look like we'll be relegation contenders. Yeah, and I well, don't blame Di Francesco entirely because he can only do so much with the players at his disposal. To be fair to Alex Ferrari, when he came in, things did solidify a bit and this is a 25 year old and he shouldn't be responsible for organizing that defense but he did um it's just it's a mess even if Gianluca Viali and Co come in 
they can't do anything until January, so it's just going to be a long thing. few months. Vito, I, what, I was going to say, what is it going to happen? Is it going to go through? I mean, or is it just kind of speculation still? Because I, I think you've been saying this is when they buy is like, is assuming it's like done, but is it done? It doesn't look like it's going to be going through anytime soon. No, because it has dragged on for several months. So I'm out to loss as much as anyone, to be perfectly honest. And various media outlets, they report, oh, about to do it but i see no official statements from the club so i'm getting tagged by some of my followers on social media oh what do you think about this it's finally done and i go easy guys it's not done yet wait for an official statement then i'll give a proper opinion well ferrero's got the club i'm not gonna get carried away because i did get carried away when he did buy the club he generated some good excitement at the start, but then it came to the point he's just a glorified version of the Garone family, and he's just maintaining the same model Sump has had since the turn of the century. It's troubling because you have to feel for Eusebio Di Francesco as well. He said in his post-match press conference that he was, he was pissed off, he was sorry, he was sorry, he was sorry, but then he went on to say that I'm not happy in general. We... Then he was asked about Emiliano, Emiliano Rigoni, who is now there. This was before he signed. I said, well, well, he's not enough. We don't need another attacking player. We need players everywhere else. But the club have given me this guy who they've already got players for that position. They, they need a defender. They need a midfielder. They probably need a goalkeeper, but they've not been given them. And I don't know what Ferrero actually expects because Di Francesco can't do anything if he's been given. It's like the Fiorentina situation. They've got this top-heavy side, but attacking is all well and good, but you need someone down the other end to give your attackers a chance well, to you, win you, the game. You even suggested, Connor, that like he might jump before he's pushed. Yeah, well, it seemed that way. He was, he was really annoyed, <laughs> and you can't blame him. He got the impression that he came in, was told, yeah, We'll get you a few players because he said, I, I made my requests clear to the club. I said, we needed this, we needed this, we needed this. But they, ha- they haven't arrived. And it, it was hard not to feel sorry for him, to be honest. Because if you identify these areas and your defensive reinforcement is Jason Murillo, I mean, what hope have you got, really? And <laughs> this... I don't know. I, I really feel for Di Francesco because he was kind of dealt a harsh hand at Roma as well. And now he's... Or, or you can look at it on the other way, Conor Clancy, and say, it's just not very good. No, but I think he was always overrated. Over, no, I hate the word overrated. He was always overhyped and oversold a little bit before Roma. But then Roma were a mess last year, right? Because Di Francesco went, and then what was it? About five days later, Monchi went, so... If Monchi's to blame, then Di Francesco couldn't have been to blame. And if Di Francesco's to blame, then Monchi probably shouldn't have been to blame. So for the two of them to go at the same time was a bit strange for me. But mm. what, about, um, right. what about Player of the Week? Who got Player of the Week on Forza? Ah, Domenico Berardi, but he wasn't very good. Um, scored, what, he got Player of the Week? How can he not be good and get Player of the Week? This is ridiculous. He, he scored three sacked. goals against a non-existent defence. His third goal was very, very good. Um, but his first was Chicha Caputo and Jason Morello teaming up to give him all the space in the world for a tap-in. His second was a header after Alfred Duncan, who I loved, put a cross in for him. 
And then the third goal, he picked it up out on the right, about 25 yards from goal, cut in onto his left and just whipped it. Out there, I had no chance. But yeah, he, that's basically all he did. Um, he, he came alive for 16 minutes and then disappeared again. But Barardi does this, right? It was kind of a, his career in microcosm. He popped up and did look really good for a bit and then didn't really do all that. You're a hard man to please, Conor Clancy. Oh, no, I just want you to be involved. But yeah, he got a hat trick. I can't criticize him. But um, Chicha Caputo was far more impressive for me, as was. Um, Oh, I've forgotten his last name. Junior Traore. He looked quite exciting. Alfred Duncan's always good. And Jeremy Bogo was exciting when he came off the bench. Qualiarella got a goal, obviously. Penalty. Sam Barnes going to score any goals that aren't from Qualiarella this season. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a long year for Sam. Um, right, where next? I don't, do we have to talk about anything else? Bologna beat Spal in the Emilia Romagna derby. Vito. We want to talk about Riccardo Orsolini. I'm going to say we, I mean you. You love him. I think he's a very promising young winger. And since Sinisa Mihalovic became the coach, the coach of Bologna, he's really been involved in the play and been integral to the uh, attacks. He provides goals and set up goals. And yeah, he was the one that provided the winner for Roberto Soriano. So I think he's someone with a lot of upside and he's in the Italy under 21 squad, but I think he's someone that can make the jump to the senior squad in the near future. He's someone that I really hope Mihalovic gets his hands on because there is talent there, but every time I went to Bologna last season... I don't want him to go to jail, Conor Clancy. Christ, on that. (laughs) Well, Mihalovic looked like he would go to jail if he had gotten his hands on him at points last season. There was that game against Empoli where... Bologna basically sealed their survival. I think Empoli went one or two up and Bologna came back. I can't remember what happened, but anyway. And Riccardo Borsellini was the best and worst player on the pitch. And he got a goal in the end, but he nearly cost Bologna there. Sorry, asked that. And I do think he has a lot of maturing to do. And how, ca- how come we're not talking about Atalanta getting smashed off the We're Reno? getting there. We're going oh. there next, don't worry. But yeah, there is... There is a signing that I completely missed this summer. Gary Medell's at Bologna. Yeah, it just happened last week. I missed that. That's Did you miss that? Fantastic. I'm going to go and try and speak to him this season, I think, because that'd be fun. Talk about going to prison. He'd probably go to prison if you asked him a question. Did you see the wee video they put up? No. When they signed them, oh, it was a wee silly video of like a poodle or something like that. And you know how he's called the pit bull? Yeah. And I had a crowd. It was rubbish. Uh, it's, it's, it's basically Bologna trying to be Roma's Twitter account but not doing it very well that's uh, a shame yeah um, I, I'm not I'm not really liking that right let's come to Parma then shall we we're at the Parma no, Parma they were beaten three well they played a, yeah they played in Parma as a home game and they were beaten 3-2 by Torino because they always lose to Torino so there are no problems here Dov don't you worry um, <laughs> Kevin Bonifazzi scored the opener, Duvan Zapata got two. One of those was very, very nice. Then Berenguer scored. And then Armando Izzo, the, the killer of Atalanta. He scored a winner against him last season. He did it again this year. Let's start on a positive note. Armando Izzo is very, very good. But is Torino is ceiling? Because he's not good enough for a big club, especially because none of the big clubs play with a back three. So... Torino or Atalanta is probably about his peak, though, right? 
Mm, yeah, I remember when I, when he came through at Genoa. Um, I remember watching him there and I was thinking, this guy's going to be a, a, a good defender. I thought he could be a lot better than what he is. Definitely an Italian international. Um, I think he's had a few issues with uh, the old illicit substances and some um, not very <laughs> some off-field problems, let's just say that, uh, which I think kind of halted his progress. But I think he's highly rated and kind of with him and Nkulu, two like the t- two best defenders for Torino, obviously. So yeah, I think he's possibly hit his ceiling. Um, I think he, he should try a, a better club and see if he can do it. But I mean, it can't be worse than like Musaccio or somebody like that in Milan. So like, uh, why not? Like go go and try your luck at a bigger team and see what you can do. Because the, if you look at some of the centre backs that um, are kicking around, like he's he's better than Ranocchia for yeah. example, at Inter. So, I mean, he's kind of not on the top tier of Serie A defenders, but I think he's probably in that second tier quite comfortably for me. Yeah, easily. He'd be he'd be fun in a contact team. I just thought Inter probably would have back three. There you, go. you should, there you go. You should go there. Get rid of Diego Godin. Moves on. Who needs Godin? <laughs> yeah. Godin? Get Izzo. There you go. Do a little swap there. Get rid of the frog and Godin and get, get Izzo in. That'd be a lot better off for it. Um, but... Don't, I can't you know, are crap, mate. I they're can't not crap. Rubbish. They're not crap. Done I said finished. this to you. When was it? Last last week, they were 2-0 down at Spal. And I messaged you to say, well, Atalanta usually don't show up for the first five games of the season anyway. So mm. they just tricked everyone last week. But now they're going to take a five-game break and then they'll start playing in October again. So don't worry about it. But okay. it is a strange game because Atalanta did do their usual thing where I will dominate it, but we'll just forget to score. And we'll be all right, won't we? But Zapata got two and Torino came back. It was strange. But Maziello came out after the game and basically said, we do this all the time, um, which I quite like. They know what their problems are. They're just not bothered addressing them. Mm. We keep giving the same mistakes to teams and they punish us. And we know about it, but it just keeps happening. Yeah, so you know about it. You're playing in the Champions League this year. Maybe try and address some of those, but... I don't know. It's hard to be too critical of them, given all but, of the- Yeah, that you like them a lot. Yeah, so you're not going to be critical. Nah, I'm critical of different parts of the club, but the on-field things, they finished third last year. Third. They'll finish in the top six again this year. Don't worry about it. They'll be all right. Um, so we can move away from Atalanta Torino. Duvan Zapata scored his first two goals of the season, so he's going to score 20 again this year. Udinese went one of nice. Yeah, it was a very good goal. He absolutely bullied. I can't remember the defender, but he just... Not Armando Itzel. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no one bullies Armando Itzel. But um, Udinese went 1-0 up against Parma, and I was a bit worried for my relegation prediction, but then Parma came back. Gervinho, Galliolo, and Inglese all scored, finished 3-1. But Dejan Kuluzewski assisted twice. He's how, a long did, how long did it take you to practice that one? Um, after the preview part, I said his name about 10 times in the mirror, and I think he cracked it. But <laughs> don't let the mind the scene. Um, Vito, Parma, they're up and running. They've got their win. Uh, they were probably a bit unlucky not to get something out of the Juve game, although Juve on paper, definitely the much better squad. But this time, I think it was really good that they did get three points on the road and someone who we expect to be a relegation contender. And needless to say, Jovinho was the real difference 
maker, especially with the equaliser. And he also played a part in Inglés's goal as well. So for Parma to do well, they obviously need him to be firing on all cylinders. And when he can do something for the team, not just do everything by himself, uh, I think he can really make a real difference for the Ducali. Yeah, even even Inglés's third goal, though. Javinho got uh, an assist kind of by fluke because he just tried to overcomplicate things and even the pass to Inglés didn't really give Inglés that much to aim at and I, I thought Bobby did very well to, to finish that. But He did. Yeah, the difference maker is never Javinho. You know, come on, you know better than that. Bruno Alves, always. Doesn't matter if he scores or not. He's, he's the difference for Palma. What else was there? Uh, I'm looking at all the fixtures. Lecce. Lecce Verona, right? We're not going to talk about this, but Matteo Pessina, a.k.a. new Pornhub ambassador. Have you guys <laughs> seen this? Uh, have yeah, you? Yeah. Right, well, if you haven't and you're listening, Matteo Pessina, Atalanta guy, Atalanta, Atalanta midfielder, was pictured arriving back for the first day of preseason training carrying a Pornhub um, like bag. So then Pornhub obviously got in touch and they sent him loads of gear. They sent him a hat, a jumper, a t-shirt, socks, bags. So a few Atalanta fans online have nicknamed him Pornhub, which is just beautiful. He went to Verona a couple of days ago and he scored at Lecce and he didn't celebrate. He scored a goal on his, like, He's going to have a breakthrough season this year, and he scored, and he held his hands up like this. And I was thinking, well, what's he doing that for? I checked his... Because he used to play for Lecce, mate. He played three games on loan there four years ago. Right, but that's, that's enough. That, I, these days, that's enough. That is ridiculous. Like, if you set foot on uh, for in the stadium of a team once, mm. then you, you can't celebrate. It's not yeah, allowed. I think if I managed to be a professional footballer and then scored against Monopoly, I couldn't celebrate because I visited there this summer. So, so you're you not see, allowed to do that if you go So somewhere. you say you played, what, three games? Do you know how many minutes it was? Uh, probably under 30. No, no, no. It was more than that. All right. Uh, 100, 160. Uh, so you right, played so you less, less than, two, than games. two games. Right. That's a disgrace. I like Fasina. I tipped him as my player to watch this season as well. But he's already annoyed me, and it's the first time I've seen him play. So Ooh. we don't want to see that, Matteo. But any more that celebration, that? that was Quayarella-esque. You yeah. expect that Quayarella. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, right, is there anything you guys particularly want to speak about in the transfer? Transfers, list? mate. Transfers. Yeah, but what? Transfers. Who did the best transfer market? Oh, sorry. Breaking news. April Summers is piping up about Mario Icardi's move to Paris. What is she saying? She says, hashtag Icardi stays with hashtag Inter, but on loan to hashtag PSG. Um, Icardi at Paris, Icardi PSG. You will be mi- You will be so missed, baby. And a little almost <laughs> crying emoji where she is standing naked. You know, you know the, the worst bit of all this, the fact that you follow April Summers. I don't, actually. I'm gonna see so <laughs> how did it come up? That's what everybody wants. Uh, how did under it the cosh retweeted out of my timeline so blame right. them not right. me but right. under the cosh you are under yeah. the cosh yeah i'm gonna uh, have to right. transfers do transfers who did the best transfer window Inter, obviously right who did the worst um ooh, Atalanta. Yeah, so they, signed, they signed martin skirtle for a week so they did the worst yeah but they've got someone kier now as well and they signed arana 
They've got Lewis Murray out. They've done all right. Just not. Why did they get rid of Martin Skirtle, Clancy? Why? <laughs> well, he he's he's got to there. He's got to take them to the Champions League and lead the team forward. Apparently, Dov, he it didn't take him too long to realise that he's not good enough and that he doesn't fancy himself to play in a back three. So he was left out of the squad for the Torino game, and that kind of raised a lot of signals and alarms were ringing but yeah um basically he wasn't as good as they expected him to be and then it was only like what two weeks in and then he went to Gasparini and said look I don't think I'm cut out for this back three business then Gas was like okay do you want to go and he said yeah so now he's gone back to Turkey but we'll see him play against the Serie A team is it Lazio Someone. I don't know oh, about the Europa League this year. I'm concentrating on the big one. Oh, I can't remember. I was, I was. I think. I think it's Roma they've got. I can't remember the Istanbul team. I've just realised my. I'm still on April Summers' Twitter timeline. So right, got off April Summers. Yeah. Off. Dirt, dirt um, right. Who did Roma's business is suspect? They've signed Chris Smalling. What's like, that about? He's going to make that defence rock solid. <laughs> But that, that's a strange deal. I they've mean, got they've got an Atalanta defense pretty much though. They've got what Zappacosta, Spinazzola, Mancini. Yeah. They just need to stand like, in front of. Yeah, so it's like they basically got Atalanta of like three years ago. Yeah, because they they saw Milan do that and they thought, oh, that that went really well. We should do that. Mm. And then. That didn't work. No. <laughs> they need to do take Gasparini if they want to take Atalanta's players. But why would he do that? Um, but do you want to say anything about the transfers? Or are you just going to shout transfers? I'm just going to sh- transfers, transfer. Say something. I don't know. Like Vito, tell me who who had the worst transfer window. Vito. Damn. Uh, it would be easier to think of who would be the worst aside from Sampdoria. No, <laughs> no, 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 Vito. Who, who's but the yeah, worst? Samp, tell me who's no, the worst. I will say Samp. Sampdoria, the worst, aren't they, Vito? Yeah. Terrible. Well, they did buy three or four players from. Your beloved Kiev, who are no longer in Serie A. So, <laughs> what's the logic behind that? This is we, not we, the Del Neri vintage. Redeveloping, it's all right. It's, 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 you'll, be, you'll be joining us next season there, anyway, so don't worry, Vito. Um, oh, if Ferrero's still there, yeah, for sure. But uh, <laughs> I might have to, while I'm there, I might have to go to the Corte Lambruschi, give a knock on the door, I'll give him some advice. Christ. <laughs> Allegedly. <Yeah>. Allegedly. <laughs> right, what about right, who's the who's the best signing of the summer? Oh. Stefano Sensi is gonna be one of them, isn't he? Do you like that? Do you like a bit of Sensi? Early day, but I, think I, he's lo- I love him and I love Nicola Barella. So I prefer Barella, but it looks like Sensi's gonna be more integral to Conte's system. So I'm gonna say Sensi. And yeah, Sensi for now. Give me another minute to think. Not Rebic at Milan, no? Well, Milan don't have a good track record of doing good things with good players at this <laughs> time, so I'm going to say no. Look at poor Andres. I reckon, well. I reckon Nandes for Cagliari, who's coming to replace Barella, I think he might be having a good season too. I think uh, uh, European audiences might not be that aware of him, but I think uh, he'll show why he was at Boca Juniors, and uh, I, when I saw him at the World Cup last year, I thought he was a good player for Uruguay. So, mm. Nahit, Nahit Nandes, he'll be 
one to watch out for too. I uh, see another one as well. The Japanese guy, Bologna, but Tomiyasu, he's only 20 he's years good. old. He's good. Yeah, he could be a good wee one as well. And for their, for their social media and marketing as well. Yeah. Which yeah, I'm sure they, they will not for, yeah, they will not be forgetting about that. Um, and Juve um, is an obvious one with Ramsey and Rabiot once they Yeah, well, they, it's, it's obvious, isn't it? They, mm. I mean, they always do it. They did a, they did a good ins, but crap outs. Cause they, yeah, I was about to say that. that. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The outs. They have a lot of dead wood there. But like, yeah. like, 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 everybody, like, what you would say, pretty much everybody's improved bar Milan. And obviously, in like, in terms, of, in terms of the top teams. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like you've improved Inter definitely. Lazio haven't done that much. But they've got but better. Lazio will be good. Yeah, they've got better yeah. Lazaris in. Um, who adds? That's it. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. So they've got a little bit better. Like they're not. Yeah. They don't need to revamp. So they've got a wee bit better, and they've kept the continuity. Um, Napoli, you on paper they should be better. I think be Napoli have done well with Di Lorenzo and Manolas. Well, yeah, well, that that's not really working out for them. It's two games. Lozano as well. That's mm. good. So we'll see how that works. Um, Roma, no. You don't think Roma have got better than last season? No. You don't think so? They've got Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan might be a good signing, but I'm not sure. I think Chris Roma Mane, might be Chris better Mane. than they were last year just because the players that they they had. Like I'm looking at Zaniola Clivert under... Cristante and Pellegrini. That's that could be a core five, right? And mm-hmm. they're just a little bit older and a little bit more experienced now. Mm-hmm. Um, I rate Mancini, obviously, but I'm not quite sold on him in a back three with not that much protection in front, or in a back two without mm-hmm. that much protection in front of them. That's why They've Chris Smalling's there. They don't, they don't have Robin Olsen anymore, which is good. That's good. Pablo Pérez is good. But they They've still got, have. Imagine Juan Jesus and Chris Smalling. What? That is rock solid. <laughs> Nobody's getting past that. Oh, Nobody. You know what a rock is? It, it's a really hard thing. It's not soft and easy to break through. You know this, right? I'll be all right. Don't worry. Fancy was there, honestly. You're, you're, you're selling Roma down the river. I'll tell you. Um, they'll do that to themselves. They've got Vertu and Diawara. Yeah. It'll be all right. Um, They've got Nicolas Kalinic. He signed Nicolas Kalinic. Yeah, right. I knew there was one I was forgetting. That's amazing. Who thinks that's a good idea in 2019? Was it who was it? I, I don't know if it was you. Somebody tweeted that if you need, if you have players you don't want for Roma, they'll take them. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Atletico have been trying to get rid of Kalinic for three months, and nobody's like, like, nah, nah sorry, we don't want them. So you keep them. Really and then, Paul, you don't understand. He's not very good. That's why. You know, this is exactly my point. I don't understand why Roma would think, oh yeah, he'll he'll do a job. Get him oh, in. I think he's a vice Jekyll, really. That, 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 that's why he's terrible. there. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that like I think you could probably chuck him on against Sam Dore and he might score a couple of goals. <laughs> well, I think he, could, he, he could manage that. Uh, mm. At the moment. <laughs> But see, big um, Kumababaka has gone to Lecce. He'd be a better player than Kalinic. Mm. Possibly. Mm. Maybe. But yeah, just with Roma, I think the midfield the midfield additions have been decent or reasonably good. But uh, the defence is a banter defence. And uh, Kalinic to be a vice Jekko, well, 
Patrick Schick has gone to RB Leipzig, so they needed someone to fill in. But yeah, Kalinic should just be warming the bench and no more than that, because if he's got to replace Jacko, God help Roma. Yeah, well, he's not going to replace him. He's going to be when Jacko needs if a wee Jacko, rest. Or if he gets or, injured or suspended. Or if he gets injured, yeah, yeah. yeah, if he gets injured, well, big problems. <laughs> If we can come here for a minute to 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 me and my city that I'm living in, I think Parma have yes. done all right because the boy uh, Hernani looked quite good against Juventus. Kulusevski is a very good player. Who else did they get? Darmian coming in is good. They got Carmo yeah, like Cornelius. Yeah. I think they've done okay. You know, but they're not going to be pulling up any trays or anything, but. They really needed to sign someone to accompany Bruno Alves at the back because Bastoni's gone back to Inter and Simone Iacoponi's not that guy. So that could be problematic for them. But everywhere else, I think they've done quite well this summer, you know. Oh, and they also still have Luigi Giuseppe, which is problematic. <laughs> Did you see him today? He was at it I again. didn't. I didn't see him today. No, I've been busy. Or yesterday. Well, he made a save, but instead of palming oh. it away from goal, he decided to go, ah, there you go, have another shot. And didn't end well. But oh, this go. is Luigi. We're finished. Have you got anything else to say? Um, um, no, I'm good. I think. Vito, have you anything else to say? No, that's about it. <laughs> I'll yeah, see yeah. you when I'm over there. Yeah. Well, we won't be here next week because it's the international break. Yay! I've but got international back. stuff to do. So. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, I mean, I'll be working, but I won't be doing the podcast. So you can still read us. But you can't listen to us, probably for the best. Anyway, go enjoy your international break, whatever country you're living in, unless it's any of the teams that Ireland are playing. Um, But, yeah, that's it. Speak to you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye. Say goodbye, Dov. Bye, Dov. You're a special special tiger. (laughs) Charisma, baby. That's charisma. Portaci dove vuoi, verso le tue conquiste, dove tu arriverai, sarà la storia di tutti noi, solo chi corre può fare di te la squadra che sei.
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.